computer. Okay, so good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world tonight. Uh, the big news now in uh, the United States and probably around the world is the uh, raid of the FBI of a, a compound in Florida owned by the 45th president of the United States. There's been an awful lot of material uh, running around, stories running around about classification and uh, what they were looking for and all this kind of thing. So what I had, had, had a lot of experience, I worked at the National Archives, I worked at a lot of the presidential ar archives and I had my own view on how classification works, uh, but I thought I would uh, bring in an expert tonight. So I've got uh, my friend Bob McGuire here tonight who all you need to know about Bob is that uh, Bob worked at the Institute for Defense Analysis many years ago. We wrote a book on Dr. Eric Walker, who was the former president of Penn State University. I started looking at his background and I noticed that he was chairman of the board of the Institute for Defense Analysis. And I said, well, what the heck is that? And I looked it up, I went, wow. And so if you wanna look it up, look up the Institute for Defense Analysis. This is, uh, uh, enjoys unusual access to highly classified and sensitive government and corporate uh, information. Uh, they bring together the best scientific, technical uh, and analytical people to bear on issues of national US uh, security. And so welcome Bob McGuire and thank you for joining me to, to sort of give me your input because I, you worked at the Institute I think for 27 years you probably have handled classified material for a lot longer than that. So I wanted to get your input on classified material and to explain to the general public, what is, what is classified material? How does it work with, in access to the president in, in what's going on right now with this story? And the first thing maybe you can sort of spell out for me is your, your background in, in handling material and then explain to people what the three levels of security, uh, uh, security clearances are and then what people usually confuse as above top secret material. Okay, so I had my first security clearance with the Department of Energy, which was a Q clearance, which is top secret compartmented information, uh, handling nuclear weapons. When I worked at Sandia National Labs, where I worked for a little over a year, and I decided that back, way back then, especially, anyone who wanted to work in a technical field and actually provide leadership and have everyone listen to them, they had to have a PhD. So I left and worked on a PhD at Brown University. While I was at Brown University, I was recruited by the National Security Agency and others to work at the Institute for Defense Analysis Center for Communications Research in Princeton in the summers and in vacation times. And the problems and the toys, the computers, they're unreal. They're unbelievable. And so it's 40 people in Princeton who worked on these hardest problems facing the National Security Agency when I was there, uh, when I first went there. And uh, these 40 people uh, are some of the brightest minds in the world. They've won Fields Medals. One was a Nobel laureate. I mean, it's just tremendous power. The guy, the, the guy who invented the computer language Fortran. I worked with the guy, guys who invented C programming. I worked with the guys who did uh, all sorts of computer science stuff. I mean, it was just an unbelievable environment. And for a little old redneck boy from Alabama, uh, I held my own. I did really well. 
And when I left, I decided I would try to go back to Auburn University in Alabama and teach school and found out pretty quickly that with a wife and two kids, I was going to go broke. So I called them up and they welcomed me back. And that was in 1986 after I took two years off and I started working. I wrote three papers and they tenured me before the summer was over. Tenure means they gave you a permanent position on the staff. And, and over the next several years, I rose to the top two or three um, paid people in the, the Institute for Defense Analysis. And I worked on some of the nation's most secret and delicate problems. And then for a period of time, I was assigned to, let's say, other entities that might be in Langley, Virginia, and entities that are operated simultaneously by NSA and the, the group in Langley, Virginia. And they, uh, it is now well known what the Special Collection Service does, and it's jointly operated by them. People can go Google Special Collection Service or go to a federated uh, science group and, and figure out what SCS does. And it's, it's really interesting. I traveled all over the world. Uh, what, as an egghead mathematician, I never expected to travel all over the world. I traveled to wars. I mean, it was just crazy. So I've handled tons of classified information. And so the, the levels are, are un unclassified, which means anybody can see it unclassified for official use only, which means it's unclassified and you can take it home at night and read it, but you dare not show it to anybody that you are not authorized to show it to or you get your hand slapped. Uh, next is confidential, which is prevents serious, uh, presents the possibility of serious harm to the United States. And then secret, which is grave harm. And then top secret is really serious. Uh, damage to the national security of the United States. And so uh, then uh, added onto that are handling caveats, which means uh, you only want to handle documents that's covered by that cover name in a particular way under a particular system of controls. And so at the National Security Agency and the Central Intelligence Agency and the FBI, et cetera, they all have their own little handling caveats. So they can isolate their top secret documents from other agencies' top secret documents. And they can control who looks at them more clearly. So security clearance is required. After you have a security clearance, you are have what's called need to know. In order to do your job, you have to see the documents. So you need both a security clearance, cleared up to whatever level the papers are, and then need to know, which gains you access to it. And so uh, most people don't realize you can't, if you have a, a lot of people think, hey, he's got a security clearance. He can see anything. She can see anything. No, you have to it be your actual job to work on that before you get to see the, the classified information. And so the deepest, darkest secrets in the United States government that will handle that are interacting with government personnel are top secret or the uh, special handling caveat and their special access programs. And the special access programs has an office inside the Pentagon that we've all heard about recently. Elizondo worked there, Chris Mellon worked there, uh, and a certain, certain general that talked with Tom DeLong, who got outed in the email to John Podesta, uh, was in charge of 
that stuff, handling special access programs. Inside the special access programs, there are unacknowledged SAPs called USAPs. And they are so bad, so secretive, so dark that you cannot name them. You cannot know who sponsored them. And you cannot know where the single tiny little room is that you can work on. So um, that is believed that much of the UFO stuff in particular is all in unacknowledged saps. Wow. And so what, what do you make of this latest um, raid in Florida? What, what just from your take, uh, what do you think? Because one of the comments I saw written was, oh, the National Archives, they really don't. They're not really too worried about uh, security and that sort of stuff. And I know my, my thing was, you know, all these rules when I went to the National Archives, I remember being at the Eisenhower Library and they made me spit my gum out. And it was like a million rules just to handle unclassified stuff in boxes. So uh, what, what was your impression as you watched this, this event going on in Florida in terms of what's actually going on and how serious is the situation? Okay, so if you if the document leaves the National Archives and it goes to an individual for any reason, for any reason, two people have to handle it. Two people have to control it. So if two, if, if two people aren't handling a document, it's alarmed. Now, every document that's in the National Archives has a big long string of numbers on it and then a copy number. So if the President of the United States had a copy number 12 of some document, then it was no longer knew where it was and he left office and nobody could figure out what was going on. And they had some suspicions. Maybe they had other intelligence about the kind of people he was talking to on his cell phone he used to do inside the White House every day. And all the foreign agencies would run around the White House trying to capture his cell phone when he talked. So, I mean, it's that kind of stuff. So in order, but let me put it this way. There is belief that he took classified material to, to Mar-a-Lago and that he was not authorized to do so. And then that, that led to a warrant being issued by a federal judge. Now, now look, for a warrant for that kind of invasion of privacy to be issued by a federal judge, the Justice Department through and acting through the FBI had to present to the judge real proof that a crime had been committed. And look, look, Grant, for a former president of the United States, they had to know. They had to have ironclad proof a crime was committed or they never would have gotten the warrant. No judge would have risked it. No judge would have risked it. The FBI would not have risked it. The Department of Justice would not have risked it. It didn't matter if you love Donald Trump or hate him. I can tell you the truth is, they would not take the risk of doing something dumb against a former president of the United States. They would follow every letter of the regulations. Every T would be crossed, every I dotted. Multiple people would be called in as witnesses saying, we actually saw him with that document in his hand the last day he was in office and it's gone. So they would have suspected he took it with it. It's, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm saying that is a kind of scenario that would have gotten them the raid. Yeah, now, the, like I know when I re request documents when I'm at the library or whatever, 
is basically you don't go into people think like you just go and get the documents. Well, you, for example, Trump, when he gets tries to get a document, he has to request a document and then it has to go to, say, his chief of staff. And then it goes to the arch, and it's an archivist who gets the document. It's in a, a vault, maybe not even in the same place. It's in a, in a different place. And so they would trace that. So they would have the president ask for this document. The president asked for that document. So even though he's, he's got the stuff and and another question that related is, does the president get to take uh, um, top secret documents off off property? I mean, no, you, that's no. the whole thing I think is like, so, so not, I'm sorry, 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 yeah. not yeah. by himself. Okay. There would be handling people that will handle it for him. And they would carry it in a briefcase that had all sorts of tamper proof stuff, chained to their arm, lead lines so you couldn't x-ray it. I mean, it would be really clearly capably guarded by Secret Service and others. Yeah. It just wouldn't happen, Grant. Yeah. He now, had to have stuffed he had to have stuffed it in his drawers to get it out the White House. Yeah. Yeah, so that so he has he has this stuff and they so it's traceable. They they know that certain documents are missing. And another thing that people get the idea is that it, uh, Donald Trump said it was all unclass it was all unclassified. He declassified it. But my experience is even if it's unclassified, doesn't mean that you can walk in, take the box of documents, and go and sell them on eBay. I mean, there's one copy of the document, and it's owned by the government. Yes. So he lost his ability to argue about classifications the day Joe Biden took office. And so if he declassified a document, Joe Biden could have written an executive order that reclassified them all the very next day. And Trump would have been a sent a letter by, the, by whoever was in the security office at the White House. Sir, you did this, but it's been undone. And any document you have is not, that was unclassified by you and you might have, it's reclassified. And sir, if you don't mind, bring it back. And, and turn it over to the Secret Service and they'll bring it back for you because you don't have access to it. You need to turn it over. And he didn't do it. I promise you, they went through notifying him. They, they knew he had it and he still wouldn't do it. And look, this is a, tran this is a, a transactional president. And Donald Trump never put his hand on anything in his entire adult life where his goal was not to make money off it. I mean, read Mary Trump's biography. This guy cares about making money by hook or by crook, if you listen to a bunch of people. He's a transactional person. He only cares about making money. If he stole the document, ding, ding, he was going to sell it. And, and, and this whole thing came, like uh, my experience with the presidential files was, that prior to Nixon, the president owned the documents and he donated them to the, the government. And after Nixon pulled up the, the five ton truck or whatever it was, started loading documents from the Watergate tapes and all that stuff, then they stopped them. And this whole thing was, it was in a vault in, in California and the National Archives had a key, Nixon had a key and then he lost, I don't know, it was nine, eight to one or nine to zero. It went to the Supreme Court and they said, no, the documents are now owned by the the people so the national the president's record act, the record act says that all the documents are owned by the by the people of the united states and the president doesn't own the records let me let me put it let me put it in a really extreme way if donald trump is blew his nose on a piece of tissue it's now a federal record 
I'm telling you, if he touched it, it's a federal record. It's, he simply cannot own anything that was required for him to do his job. Wow. Now, one of the questions that was being brought up in some of the articles, they said, how are they going to prove it was classified? I, I thought that was kind of funny. So deal with that one. How, well, that, how they... that, that, that's easy. That, there's a complete tracking system for all classified documents. Each and every one of them has a unique mark on it. There's a, it they would they know whoever said this is a moron. <laughs> that's that's what I sort of thought. Like, wow. I mean, like, you know, because and, and I think it's just the inexperience that people have never dealt with classified material. They've never looked at it. And and what you have is is Trump says something and 90 newspapers repeat it and then it get, it turns into 16,000 tweets and and stuff on Facebook. Well, let, 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 let me let me let me turn it around for the for the Trump loving folks. Hillary Clinton had all these documents which she had in her possession that had writing on them and they never ever had been classified. So after she left the Secretary of State's office, went home and was running for president, the, the, the agencies inside reviewed the documents and after she took them out, classified them. So that's the only way you can get a document out. If you're somebody even as powerful Hillary Clinton and her stinking emails, they can classify them and they don't belong to her anymore. If she is in possession of them, she's violated the law. Wow. Now, some of some of the when the uh, the uh, the um, uh, this this document came out today uh, describing the the raid and what and the the sort of the receipt they gave. They referenced um, 18 U.S.C. Section 793 defense information and 1519 uh, destroying government documents and 2071. Uh, concealing, removing, or damaging uh, government documents. So, can you talk a little bit about those, especially the defense yeah. aspect, that in terms of okay, what is so classified stuff? Eighteen that eighteen USC particular code is anything that pertains to uh, information about the Department of the Defense and its operations is covered by by that label. So that's a that's a that's a United States code for saying anything with this label on it pertains to the Department of Defense. Okay, so under that will be all sorts of sections covering different things, but that's kind of the broad umbrella. So they said, hey, if it passed through the air in the Pentagon or on a vessel, it's now 18 USC, whatever it is. And Donald Trump had better handle it correctly. Now, let's see, that's the 18 USC. What was the next one? Uh, there's there's uh, 793 defense information, 1519 destroying government documents. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So so if you have a government document, any type of government document, even if it is unclassified, so long as it's marked a government document, you are not allowed to destroy it just because you don't like it or you're about to get caught. Okay. You, you a, an official person involved with destroying documents, has to take possession of it, keep a track record of it, and take it to the place where it's burned or incinerated. They don't want people destroying stuff just because they're about to get caught. Yeah. So the government has a good system for, for document moving. Oh, yes. Recording documents. Absolutely. Yeah. So look, it's not perfect. I mean, it's a great big bureaucracy, but there are rules and people should follow them. 
One of the funny things was they they actually referenced the fact that, that Trump had actually increased the penalty. I think it was for the 1519 destroying government documents from one year to five years. He actually signed a, a, a an order to. Oh, yeah. He wanted to keep Hillary Clinton from destroying all her records. <laughs> That's exactly what it was about. He thought he, he was said, I'm going to send her to jail, send her to jail. He wanted to be able to look into her crap and find something that she had done that was a crime and put her in jail because he hated her. One of the other things that I, I noticed that they're bringing up is this thing with nuclear um, nuclear weapon documents, and Trump is saying he declassified. And I knew um, from my own experience, and you were with the Department of Energy, you would know that um, the, the president does not have the authority to declassify nuclear weapon stuff. It's it's uh, exactly energy. right. That's done by the Nuclear National Security Agency inside the Department of Energy. Yeah. And, and is that the, 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 maybe what they were really going for is the, the nuclear uh, material, if he had nuclear weapon uh, documents in his possession that, that maybe say, uh, like apparently they just had a, a, a lock on the door, like it was just a, in this room that, you know, the Chinese were there and, and everybody was trying to get into uh, to Mar-a-Lago to see what they could get, that it was not very secure in terms of, if you've got top secret documents, you have to have a secure facility Absolutely. Them. You cannot have classified documents above uh, uh, unclassified or unclassified FUO outside of a secure facility. You must have classified documents contained in a safe place. So if they're unclassified or unclassified for official use only, use only, long as you can lock your toilet, you can have them in the toilet if they're FUO. As long as they're unclassified, you can spread them around the world. But if they are classified at the least degree, they have to be inside a secure facility that's been blessed by some government entity to contain classified documents. Because they have to have security systems, they have to have security checks, they have to count every page in the document every bloody day. Okay, look, this is this is BS that this stuff is easily handled and moved around like it's willy-nilly. This stuff is highly controlled. And believe you me, the cost of the classification system because of what I'm telling you is astronomical. It's just a huge part, portion of the federal government. You've got to have a, a clerk count every page every day, make sure no piece of paper, no little clipping corner of it has been cut off. I mean, it's really that bad. Wow. wow. And, and, and that may be part of the thing. Remember when uh, the New York Times talked about Bigelow uh, adding buildings or whatever. And I, to me, it was always the fact that he didn't have a facility to handle top secret or, or classified material. And they wanted him to build a, like a skiff and a facility where he could handle material. And that was what this whole buildings had nothing to do with, you know, stashing the saucers and stuff like that. And it had to do with dealing with the documents. Yeah. That's what I'm just telling you, Durant. People need to slow down, calm down, and just read a little something about how all this stuff is handled. They don't have to be experts like me. I'm sitting here telling you, and you can tell I've been doing this stuff for 30 something years. And I remember it, even though I haven't done it in two years. And let me tell you what, I'm about to go after Gary Reed for isolating me and cutting me off and not letting me have my security clearance until it expired and died. I'm gonna go after him under the terms of the NDAA. 
which allows people like me to go back and get compensation and have their, their, their stuff restored. I don't care about having it restored. What I care about is piling a ton of bricks on that guy and mashing him to the ground. Wow. Interesting. And, and you, so, you're the, 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 Grant, I was prevented. I was prevented from working on Havana syndrome, even though I'm one of the leading experts in the world on Havana syndrome because they couldn't pull my clearance. Wow. I'm, I, 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 Grant, I'm, I'm unhappy and I'm taking advantage of the amnesty, I'm gonna talk. And I have been talking. Go look at the Vinnie Adams interview. Oh. I told a lot of dirt. <laughs> I will do that, yeah. <laughs> very, very, very interesting in, in terms. And when you leave government, the other thing is when you leave government, it's not like you can suddenly start talking and, and showing stuff. You're, you're restricted uh, by your security clearance and by what you've seen for how long? Exactly. So. The low-level stuff, it's, it's automatically declassifies after a certain period, and after that, you can talk about it. The high-level stuff, uh-uh. You sign a non-disclosure agreement, and the non-disclosure agreement has terms in it. You have to abide by those terms, or it's a federal crime that'll wind you up in a penitentiary that's run by the federal government. So most of the stuff I did in the last few years, I was employed by the government. My NDAs were lifelong. I can never, ever go out of them. And so the stuff I talked about, say, on Benny Adams, I control the information. It was never reported. Nobody wanted to hear what I saw or what I did. And so it was never classified. And if they try to bug me about it, I'm going to call Danny Sheehan and we're going to break the door down. <laughs> there you go. Good man. Good man. Super. Interesting. Now let's go one more time to this nuclear thing. So if he has these nuclear documents that supposedly may be the highest classified stuff, is that maybe why they made the move now that yes. so it wouldn't be your, yes. you know, they thought they thought he was going to put them up on the black market, probably through dark net and transfer Bitcoin and sell them to the Russians, the Chinese and anybody who would buy them. That, yeah, that, that's my hypothesis. Yeah, I don't yeah. know that, but that's how it would be done. I've told you the how, how, how to do it. Yeah, they yeah. would make copies, sell them, all, sell them using Bitcoin, and move over darkness. Yeah, yeah, there, 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 def there definitely had to be a reason that they made the move at the time they did on such a powerful figure. They would have had to have this thing nailed down three ways to Sunday. Yeah, well, so if they had a hint then the FBI would have gone into a judge and said, we have a hint that something might be going on. Yeah. We'd like to, we eavesdrop. And he uses that dad gum cell phone. They would be listening to his stupid phone calls to his contacts, arranging the transfer. As soon as they heard that, boom, they went to a federal judge. They got it and they raided it. I bet you from federal judge to raid was under six hours. Yeah. Look at the documents. It'll tell you. Yeah. And, and, and they and, and, and that, grant grant and grant if it was that short if it was judge signed to entry was under six hours they knew they had better get on with it yeah. because what he would have done was scan them sent them over the dark net got his bitcoin and then burned them yeah because he yeah. would have made his money he would have wanted to destroy the evidence so they were trying to prevent their destruction after they had been moved now, one other thing, I don't know if you know this, this, I think it just came up today. 
uh, Donald Trump has talked about, well, uh, Barack Obama took 30 million pages to Chicago. And uh, so why aren't you going after him? And I don't know if you know the whole story, but basically, and the way they work the national, the art, the li library now, because I've made a number of requests for the freedom information to Obama, they no longer have paper files at the library. So he's going to build a library, but they're not paying, everything is digital. So what they did is they moved to the, from the, from the uh, NARA facility in Washington to the facility in, in Chicago, and they're digitalizing all the files for the, uh, the library in Chicago. That's what the, Obama has no control over those files. He's living in Massachusetts and they're just digitalizing the files. But this has been repeated over and over again. Well, Obama's got 30 million pages of files. Why didn't you go after him? And But this is this is the, the standard Trump modus operandi to spew up smoke and chaff and deflect. He's, he's, he's trying to deflect you by by uh, appealing to Obama's enemies that he's a scumbag, too. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just. I, as I watch it, it's interesting to me because I've, I've dealt with this classified issue and learned the little secrets about, you know, how it works and, and you know, the idea that with the president, like, there's one other question. So Obama or Trump says, I, de I declassified it all. Is there a record if he declassifies? Would there have to be a record? Yes, where... but remember, I, I answered partially already. Let me expand on it so we, everyone is clear. He, pro he can declassify anything. He's the final and ultimate declassification authority. Except for the nuclear stuff. But the day, but the day he leaves office, whoever's next can wave a magic wand and reclassify every one of them. So all of his, the documents he declassified, Joe Biden signed an executive order reclassifying him his first hour in office. And then Trump would have been notified probably through the Secret Service, that all that crap had been reclassified and he wasn't in a skiff. Okay, there you go. So it's interesting. Anything else we haven't talked about that's because this is uh, the story of the day and it's uh, accelerating and um, we'll see whether, whether the, uh, the charges come because to me, they had to have signed something absolutely solid. They would not have made Solid because he was president of yep. the United States. And yep. if so, and they put him in jail. He's the first one ever. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate your input on this and we'll see where it goes. All good to talk to you, Grant. It's always interesting. Beautiful.